Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. It's our ultimate Sleep Number event. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Blue Cross Blue Shield Healthcare Plan of Georgia, Inc. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake, brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America, here's 93.7 at Ticket's Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake, sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Good morning, happy Tuesday, early break, no Jake. Let's Say that little, a little here. more umph. Gosh, happy, I'm trying out here. Happy Sip. Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. There you go. Nick Sainert, Steve Sipple. I'm filling in for Jake Sorensen once again. I, I'll, I'll get to some point this week where I just won't say that I'm filling in for Sorensen. The people will know. But just in case they weren't here yesterday, they know. I think you got to say it. Jake is uh, in Miami, so I'm filling in for no, him. No, he's not in Miami. Or not in Miami. He's in Hawaii now. There's our first factual Gosh. error. There's our first. <laughs> right out of first the First of many. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come on. No, I'm just kidding. First of many. Sips, Sips keeping track of how many times he says thank you this week. It's five just, right now. Just keep track of how many times I screw up. It's five. We're at five on the thank yous okay. right now. Nope. One on the screw-ups. That was the first one. One on week. the screw-ups. Now, no triple pumps today. Okay? Hey, now listen. You're no triple pumps. No, when no you, triple when pump. When you come with a take, no triple pump. Just fire it. Oh, I, I fire them away. I, I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again. Mine is a blank canvas that's full of, as I texted you last night, interesting stuff. Your mind is, <laughs> your mind <laughs> is a blank canvas. Uh, full of interesting things. On my mind. All right. Now, we're going to talk today about the debacle that was the national championship game. We're going to talk about Nebraska picking up a wide receiver out of the transfer portal. What else are we going to talk about? We're going to talk some hoops. Talk some hoops. Huskers got a big one tonight against Illinois, 8 p.m. So What else? A transfer portal. I mentioned that. Yeah, Nebraska got a transfer wide receiver, right? So, um, there's plenty. Full show. Full show. The Houston Cougars are number one in the yeah. AP men's basketball bowl. How about did the you, Houston Cougars? Did you see Kansas State? No. So Kansas State comes off of a week that, where they beat number six Texas on the road, 116 to 103 in regulation, and then beats number 19 Baylor, 97 to 95 on the road. Whoa. They jump from being unranked 
to number 11 wow. in the AP poll. Wow. And so Jerome Tang's the, the head coach down at Kansas State. People might remember they lost their best player from last season, Nigel Pack. They lost Nigel Pack to Miami because John Ruiz, the big money guy down in Miami, signed Nigel Pack to a two-year, $800,000 NIL deal with a car to get him to come to Miami. So he goes to Miami. So Kansas State loses the guy that averaged 17.5 points per game for them as a freshman last year. They bring in Keontae Johnson, the Florida transfer, and they are 14-1 and one overall. How about Their one loss is to Butler on the road. Jerome Tang. Now, Jerome Tang. So Jerome Tang, the Kansas State coach. Now that name is coming up for the Texas job now. Chris Beard out, obviously. Jerome Tang comes up. Calipari comes up. Yeah. They have an interim who seems like has a lot of steam. Calipari, Tang, the interim. I don't know who else comes up in that conversation. Those are the three main ones, actually. Wait, does, does Calipari's name surprise you? No. I mean, it, it's been rough at Kentucky. Yeah. And the thought is, the thought is... I mean, they. I mean, was it two years ago they missed the tournament? Last year they were bounced in the first round by St. Yeah. Peter's. Okay, they missed the tournament and then mm-hmm. were bounced in the first round. He might need a new setting, John Calipari. He has a lifetime contract with Kentucky, doesn't he? Uh, probably. I, I, some in you some form or fashion. Down. Yeah, that's not a that's that's not a factor in him leaving, as you know. Yeah. Um, I don't have any. We don't have any idle chit chat right now. We will. We will. We will. There'll be a moment in time where you'll know it's time for idle chit chat, but it's not right now. Well, let's get to the game. Well, so it's interesting because we got asked on the text line what how Miami is doing, and Miami hoops. Who yeah. John Ruiz? There, he's a big corporate CEO. Um, that's why he has all this money, and he's the main NIL fund for for Miami. Miami's thirteen and two on the season. So I suppose this, too. yeah. So this uh, this approach where he's just trying to attract the best players is is working in some regard. Now listen to but, what you just said. Well, this approach where you're trying to attract the best players, who doesn't have that approach? Who through, through <laughs> well, I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, so I'm through, saying through, through the NIL. avenue of nil, yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. hey, come down to Miami, two years. I mean, it, it was basically a contract for Nigel Pack, where it was two years, eight hundred grand. And you get a right. car, you get a house, and you get to play basketball Listen, in Miami. There's, I think, wouldn't you say, though, that most programs have NIL structure in basketball? Nebraska yeah. does. I yeah. mean, those guys, every Nebraska basketball player on scholarship for sure is getting yeah. paid. Oh, yeah. They're, getting all, they're all taken care of. Mm-hmm. Now, varying levels and various sorts of deals, but they all I, – I, 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 yeah, they're all getting taken care of in some mm-hmm. form or fashion. Yeah, all, all right. every Nebraska men's basketball player, mm-hmm. at least last year it was, I, and I assume it is this year well, too. I assume I assume they they got one this year. Once again, we'll get to it. I think they it. all had cars, by the way. Yeah, I, know, I was not aware of that. Yeah, one. they all had cars. Yeah. Um, I am sorry I interrupted you. No, that's right. We do have a phone call, so we're going to go ahead and get to that before we get to the game. Okay, so that way we're not. This might be game not. related. Let's let's let's, let's launch into the game. And I, okay, I'm okay. Pretty, I'm pretty sure I know who that is. Okay, let's launch into it quick before we get to the caller. Um, sixty-five to seven. Sixty-five to seven. Stetson Bennett with another masterful performance. Um, TCU 
didn't come out with the same physicality in my eyes that they came with no. against Michigan. No. It, it, I mean, it, it was bad from the jump. I got to give you credit. It was you who said on the spillover. Mm-hmm. Crossover. Spillover. Spillover. It was, it was you who said on the spillover yesterday, this was a, basically you were concerned about a route. Yeah, I, I was big time. And the old man, the wise old sage, took you on. Yeah. And said, no, TCU's going to hang in there. Mm-hmm. Close game. I'm supposed to be the smart one. Well, so here, here's why. I, this is, I think, I think what we're what we realized. I'm supposed to be the smart one on this show. You're supposed to be. I think you are, Sip. Don't worry. I you got I it. You I nailed I haven't, this. I haven't dethroned you, but no. Um, yeah, here, here's the deal. Have. Here's the deal. I, I think every time we watch the college football playoffs, we see the gap between whether it's the top two teams, the top three teams, yeah. maybe maybe that's even the top four if we get a really good year. All right, mm-hmm. the gap between top four teams. And the rest of the bowl games, right? There's usually that gap between the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Ohio States. Yeah. And and now, if you think about it, so usually that's there's three teams, right? Mm-hmm. This year, obviously, Clemson did not make it. It ended up being Michigan, who's sort of coming into that, that not dynasty conversation, but consistent conversation. Sure. Well, so I think there's a difference, and there's a conversation to be had about a, a good and strong roster – Okay. Versus a, a a strong program, Ooh. and what I what I mean by that is Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. I suppose maybe Michigan. Although they lost, they they've they've lost both of their semifinal games the last two years. Mm-hmm. Number one, they've been there before, so they understand how to handle the moment. Number two. Much more established. Yeah, there's nothing. This is not a knock against TCU, but TCU has a strong roster. They have a guy in quarterback and Max Duggan that's been there for a couple years, and they have some really strong talent around him as well. But then you have a pro- a program like Georgia, who has a very experienced quarterback in Stetson Bennett, who's who's had a a crazy career through walk on, through sitting behind guys, through finally becoming the starter. And staying through, staying with Georgia, and you have the you have Jalen Carter at defensive line, and you have Lad McClatchy at wide receiver, and you have these guys that have been there for a substantial amount of time. Mm-hmm. That this they're, they've they're in their program mm-hmm. rather than they're on the roster that season. Right. And so now now you can talk about the SEC scheduling, you can talk about all this. However, I think there's a difference, and we're starting to see it. Between a good roster, or a talented roster, and an established program. Yeah. And there's definitely a gap there between, whether, whether it's Cincinnati, whether it's TCU, you could even throw Michigan, I suppose, in there, and Ohio State, Georgia, Bama, Clemson a couple years ago as well. I think you might be onto something there. I mean, Kirby... Kirby's got the whole package at Georgia. Obviously. Like they're, they're starting and, to dethrone Alabama in my mind after after a sixty-five to seven you, performance. You hear what David Pollock said at halftime with no. with 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 say I did I with saw Saban sitting right it. there. Yes, with Saban sitting right there at halftime. David Pollock said that Georgia's taking hold of college football. Yeah. With, with Nick sitting right there, I don't know Nick Sainter, Alabama. What, what was the result of the SEC title game last year? Twenty twenty one, yeah, twenty twenty one. Who won the game? Alabama. 
Has Georgia taken hold of college football? Well, who they won just the national lost. title? I know, but they just lost their conference title game last year to Alabama. They did. Alabama, Alabama. how many games did Alabama win this year? Oh, it would have been 11. 12 or, or 11. 11 or 12, yeah. Playing, has has Georgia taken hold of college football? I, I think Come we're on, sir, Pollock. I, I, hold on, Sip. I think there's something to be said about what Georgia's been able to do. Absolutely. The, they went back-to-back. Back. They went back-to-back. Back. First time since 2012 the yep. team's gone back-to-back. Back. Yeah. 2011, like, 2012. This, Was that right? 2011, 2012. I, I believe so. But here's, here's where I look at it. First time in the college football playoff. Yeah. But here's where I look at last night's game is at the at the start when it was thirty one to seven, I thought to myself, "All right, Georgia's going to it's not necessarily lay off the gas, but usually those games don't even out, but they'll usually slow down." Yeah, George, George but it, they did not. No. And I, I, when it was thirty one to seven, I thought, "Okay, it's going to be an Alabama Notre Dame type of game with with Manti Teo and, and those guys out there, where it was forty two to fourteen back." Um, in that national title game, I want to say in 2012. But then this one took a whole nother level, was a whole nother level of of blowout, of, I don't want to say disrespect, but they won 65-7. to seven. You know what? This, this game was over when it was 24-7. to seven. Georgia's mentality throughout the entire night reflected the mentality of the head coach, which is good. It's a yeah. good thing. Yeah. Kirby. Kirby Smart. What did he say? To start the game in his pregame yep. interview with Holly Rowe. With Holly Rowe. Yeah. He said, we're going hunting. He said, we're going hunting. She, he was asked, what do you want to see from your defense? Aggression. Right from the start. Aggression. We're going hunting tonight. Now, think about him saying, we're going hunting. Yeah. They're the number one team. But you know what he does? He fosters this mentality to put a chip on his guy's shoulder. They're the hunted. They're the hunted. He doesn't want to be the haunted. Kirby doesn't want they, they, he doesn't want his players to feel like they're the haunted. They're the hunter. Yeah. He he has the best team in the country, and somehow he he established this mentality of we're going hunting. Mm-hmm. TCU should have been the one going hunting. Yeah. No, well, no. George has got the best team in the country, and he somehow put puts a chip on their shoulder, which, by the way, is the formula of Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Nick Saban can always find a way to put a chip on the shoulder of his team, right? Did you okay? So, sidebar with Nick Saban. Did you find it weird that he was on the broadcast? A little, okay, a little. Because if you remember yeah. during the college football playoff yeah. whole thing, or during one of the was it the title game? I, I can't remember. During some point in the college football playoff selection process, Nick Saban was right there fighting. Big Ten for title Alabama. game after yeah, half-time. that's right. Thank you. Nick Saban Big, was fighting for his Big team. Ten title game halftime. Very curious. To put Nick on in that situation, who lobbied for Alabama, and now when you look at it, hey, hey, maybe. Well, and I hate. I, I think it's. That's, hey. I, I think with four teams, and this is this is maybe why I'm I'm okay with expansion for college football playoff. If we want to dive into this discussion a little bit, well, we got to get because, to the callers, but yep, yep, quickly hit it quickly. I think when we talk about the talent, not talent disparity, but just the talent gap. Between even number one seed and number three seed that was there last night, yeah, I think yeah. you possibly can alleviate or at least ease some of that with more playoff teams. How? Because three won't have to play number two right out of the gate. Right. One won't play four. Now, then now maybe you have the one seed and the two seed blowing out whoever their matchup is early on, mm-hmm. but 
at some point, that that eight and seven game is going to be really intriguing, or that seven six game. However, it matches up. And then what you hope is with twelve teams, yep, Nick, that the more teams make the playoff, those programs have a chance, a greater chance to recruit the best players. And it it starts to even out a little bit. Man, mm-hmm. Georgia, Georgia was. I mean, Georgia looks ridiculous. I mean, they look ridiculous. <laughs> they, they, you mentioned their defense. They're so balanced on offense. Mm-hmm. They had an answer for everything. Todd Monk and the offensive coordinator got on a play calling heater. Glorious. Yeah, play Glorious, calling yeah. heater. And now here's where we're gonna get to our call. I'm gonna tell you right now, what he did early was get Brock Bowers going. Mm-hmm. Brock Bowers is a fabulous sophomore. Tied in for Georgia. Just a sophomore. Right out of the gate. Got him the ball two or three times. Right out of the gate. Two times on the first drive, I believe. So now I think we have a caller that Mm -hmm. wants to talk about Brock Bowers from Napa. Hit our callers. Go ahead. You're on uh, the early break. What's your name, man? Good morning, Stephen, Nick. Welcome to the morning morning hour, Nick. Chris, appreciate it. How's it going, man? Chris. very good, very good. Uh, early heading for the shop up here at the Baldwin shop, and there it uh, is. Uh, uh, boy, w- w- yeah, you guys, what can you say about last night, huh? Oh well, I mean, pretty crazy. I, I, hey, Chris, I didn't expect it. Nick kind of did. I, I thought TC I, would I, give him a game. I did not expect it like it was last okay. night. Okay, not that bad. All right, nobody did. I don't yeah. think. I, you know what, Steve, Nick, I, I did not either. I thought, you know what, you, you kind of had a gut feeling, of course, that George is probably going to win the game, but, but the way it started to unfold, uh, you know, George, my God, you know, that, that roster. And, and Steve, you're talking about, you know, what they end up 15 and 0 this year. 15 and 0. You're talking, you're, you're talking about the way they looked, Bowers, you know, and he's got another year down there, but they, they toyed with TCU. I mean, it was just ridiculous. And, but you know what? Let's go back a couple of years. LSU did the same thing, you know, uh, in 2019. They toyed with the, those teams that they played with in the playoff that year. And, Steve, uh, Nick, we talk about this in the mornings a lot. Yep. Steve, here we go again. I know. I know where How you're going. How is a team from the north going to break this pattern? You know, uh, I mean, it, now Ohio State came close to Georgia. They, I, they did. They should have won that game. They did. And think about Ohio State right now, Chris, what they must be thinking. Yeah. They, no. Yeah, they have. They and you know it. I think if Ohio State probably won that wins that game against Georgia, hangs on, they probably win the national title. Yeah, yeah. But you know it. It is what it is. It's here we are again. Uh, Nineteen ninety seven, Nick. I don't know if you we've talked about this, uh, Steve and Jake and I, uh, since Nebraska won the, their last national title uh, only twice. 2002 and 2014 as a northern school won the national title, and that was both by Ohio State. That's right, twice. Now, now, Steve, here's the one. Here's the thing I'm worried about this morning. Only once has a conference ended up in the final AP poll, one, two, three, and that was 
1971, okay. Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Colorado. And that is, Nick, when the Big 8 only had eight schools. Mm-hmm. But yet the three of them finished 1-2-3 that year. Now, I think this the, the SEC has a chance to do that. I really do. Look, uh, the argument they could make is look at the look at the bell cow teams from the SEC, the, the two top ones really, Georgia, Alabama. Look what they did to the two schools that played in the Big Twelve title game, Kansas State and DCU. Mm-hmm. Now, I I tell you guys, yeah, I right, Tennessee started argument to be right up there. It, it this the the final AP poll. I'm real curious to see what that's going to look like. But mm-hmm. hey, Steve, Jake, I I don't know. Uh, Alabama and Georgia, they've got a lot of talent. A lot of talent coming back. They both lose their quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they've got plenty of star power coming back. But uh, you know, guys, I I don't see an end to this thing anytime soon but anyway guys i'm sure you got more callers coming on but uh hey great show uh nick steve i'm going to hang up and listen all right so yeah thank you chris yeah me and chris or chris calls calls our show we talk about this with jake a lot georgia okay georgia back to back alabama in 2020 was the national champion okay Mm -hmm. 2019 lsu 2018 Clemson, 2017 Bama, 2016 Clemson, 2015 Alabama. That's, I mean, that's that's deep South. Yeah, that's Southeast. Mm-hmm. That's where the football is. That's where the line. That's where the defensive linemen are. Chris, Chris, harps on this, and I totally understand why. This is, I mean, I would love to ask Matt Rule the question of how do you break through as a Northern team to stop this cycle, which is. All, the only team that's been able to break this cycle, again, is Ohio State in 2014 and 2002. But I almost look at Ohio State as a southern team. They're not, mm-hmm. but, they're, but, they're re- but they're in a fertile, fertile recruiting state. I suppose, okay, so this, this might work with exactly kind of the, the way we open this segment, talking about the game. Between the difference between an established program and having a, a strong roster. Right. Because, because National champions it, have both. They do obviously, but but they have an estate. There's an established program, right? Right. Whether it's whether it's Alabama, for instance, next year. Yeah, they're pretty established. Yeah, established, but in terms of depth, yeah. in terms of talent behind the starters, uh-huh. guys that want to are okay with sitting down and riding that. the pine for a while, yeah, right? They have that. That this is why I don't necessarily think NIL is going to be such a big player as people think. Okay, why? In in leveling the playing field. Why? Because we saw last night. Because they can still get if, players. For instance, for instance, if Nebraska finds themselves utilizing the transfer portal, and they find themselves as a playoff team, they get a good draw against in the twelve team. They get a good draw. They're a six seed. They have a they have a strong opportunity to make the the final stages. Okay, there's still going to be a disparity and a gap in my mind between a team, any program that gets some of the best talent in the transfer portal. And somebody that's an established program that's been there for four straight years. Okay, and they're they're still getting portal players, by the way. They, that that as well. There's, that's that's and they awesome. have money. That's true. They have nil money. And so uh, that's where I don't think I get you. I get you. Do you uh, and that's kind where of, I, yeah. I I don't enjoy that conversation of oh nil is going to fix everything and the transfer portal being wide open and being so active is going to be good for college football in the long run because it's going to make more 
less talented teams more talented, if that makes I sense. I still need someone to tell me why the transfer portal and NIL are good things for college football. Go ahead. Well, four, no, no. six, four, five, six, yeah. eight, five. How have they been good for college football? Although, I will say this. That, that looked like a pretty popular product to me last night. Like that that mm-hmm. stadium, SoFi, which we wondered about. Yeah. What would what would the scene be like? I, 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 I mean, I'm, I didn't have a good show yesterday, obviously. I wondered... I thought TCU would push Georgia. Mm-hmm. Wrong. I thought the crowd might. I I wondered aloud if that place would be full. Oh God, it was full. And it was it was loud. full. Yeah, it was full and loud. That's a four thirty yeah. kickoff in LA. Well, so what's crazy? Side note is they didn't have tailgating, right? Yeah. See, that's a CFP decision. Yeah, it's not a SoFi Stadium. That's not a Los Angeles decision. That's a CFP decision. So it's it's just mind boggling in a couple ways. We got time for another caller. Yeah, we, we sure do. Let's hit it. We sure do. Caller, you're on early break. Who's this? This is Vince from Napa, oh, California. Vince. And here we are. Vince, good to hear from you, man. I always look forward to it when I fill in for Jake. Brock Bowers got on a roll early. Yeah, Vince. Oh my! Well, and well, and my goodness, you know, I, I mean, and let me tell you, peep, you know, the pe- the people here in, in in Napa that maybe that didn't have a rooting interest for Georgia. They had a big one last night. And before I get into the conversation, uh, Sip, uh, Nick, I, I almost slipped up and said Jay. Oh, that's but, all right. Um, <laughs> well, okay, Sip, I'm going to get guys, I'm going to give you a couple of verses and a chorus of more Brock and Roll lyrics that I came up with. Brock in the Bowers. The recesses of my mind. Okay. Brock Bowers, go. Okay. Dun, your mama don't dance and your daddy don't rock and roll. Your mama don't dance and your daddy don't rock and roll. When the evening rolls around and it's time to go to town, where do you go? To rock and roll. The old folks say that you gotta end the game by ten. If you play in the dogs and you bring it home late, it's a sin. There just ain't no excuse and you know you're gonna lose and never win. I'll say it again. Your mama don't dance and your daddy don't rock and roll. Your mama don't dance and your daddy don't rock and roll. When the evening rolls around and it's time to go to town, where do you go? To rock and roll. Okay. Ba-dum. All right, that was incredible. That was that was, that was impressive, Vince. Vince. Thank you. The, just keep going to those dark recesses. <laughs> wow. They're, as you know, Sip, they're per, they, can, they can be pretty dark, as you know, but uh, that's another thing. But um, I'll tell you, I mean, a few, a couple of prevailing thoughts I have from last night, and I also have a Nebraska football thought as well. Um, I mean, I, a lot of fans, I, I, there's a lot of people that, you know, if you don't have a rooting interest in an SEC team that like to, you know, um, that like to crap on the SEC, but my argument is this. It's like, okay, Alabama was the standard for, They've been the standard for 15 years, and, and they're still pretty damn good. They ain't going anywhere right. as long as uh, Mr. Saban is still coaching them. And uh, but I'll tell you, you have to give Georgia you have to give Georgia credit because they were they have risen up and they have met that challenge. You know, so and 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 I know some people are going to crap on Ohio State and Michigan for losing in the college football playoff. You know what? I can't hate on them for trying. I mean, hell, they're trying to beat that challenge. They're coming up short, yes, you know, but the comments that Kirby Smart, you mentioned um, about being, you know, about going hunting as opposed to being hunted. Yeah. 
two other comments that he made in his post game that really resonated with me. Okay. Number one, he goes, our kids don't run from work, and our kids don't have an entitlement problem. Mm. Gee whiz, kind of sounds familiar from about 25, 30 years ago at our place now, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, and, um, and, and that's... And that's what happens. But here's what I have a heart. Yeah, but but I'll tell you though, and I and I and, and I want to get to a Nebraska football thought that you guys talked about yesterday. You know, you talked about um, you know Coach Satterfield and Coach uh, White's press conference. Now the huddle part of Coach Satterfield, I kind of looked at that. I mean, I'm I'm kind of ambivalent about that comment. I mean, because I think huddle and no huddle each have their approach. I, although I do see his point about where that can lend itself to. Um, developing leadership, but I'll tell you one thing, though, man. Oh I'll tell you one thing. Oh Bring back the fullback. Yeah. My goodness. Oh boy. My goodness. I I I, I real world freaking love that. Real Absolutely. World. Real world. And one of my and one of and one of my favorite fullbacks. Now my two favorite ones, of course, have Nebraska roots. Tom Bra- Tom Rathman, Corey Schlesinger, Roger Craig did a little bit of fullback as well. But one of my other fullback mm-hmm. favorite fullbacks, Lorenzo Neal. Mm. The thing about having a fullback, yeah. it allows you to get down in that three-point stance and? And, tell, and, and tell people this. If we can't get along, we might as well get along. And you know what, fellas? we got basketball tonight, whether it's basketball or football, whether it's time to kick off or it's time to tip off. It's time to kick ass. Let's go! <laughs> there you go. There's Vince, as There's always. There's Vince, a lot to unpack yeah. there. Your mama don't dance and your daddy don't brock and roll. roll. <laughs> Brock Bowers from Impressive Napa. See, see, yes. yeah. Brock's from Napa. Vince is from Napa. Mm-hmm. Bowers clearly was a huge part of the game plan for Todd Monk and early. Let's get Bowers going. Yeah, they got him going. Now, again, what really hits hit me about Georgia was how how balanced they are on offense. They're really balanced, Nick. They can punish. They had 129 yards rushing before the end of the first half. Yes. And Stetson was throwing it downfield. They can run inside. They can run outside. Stetson can run. Stetson Bennett can scoot. Um, And they can throw it downfield. Mm -hmm. They can throw it short. They can throw it middle. They they there's nothing that offense can't really do. That's a defensive program, right? Basically, mm-hmm. known for their defense. But the offense is it. I thought last night was incredible. The game plan, Monk and Todd schooled TCU. Mm-hmm. Schooled their defense, Monk. And by the way, quiz time for you. When's the last time he had been in college before going to Georgia? Oh, gosh. Not even a clue. He, is, he had been Southern Miss's head coach up until, I think, 2015. Then he went to the NFL. He's been, he went to the NFL for wow. a few years before going to Georgia this year. Todd Monken. What a night for Monken. And what a night for Georgia. And I think when we come back, you, should we hit a break? Yes, pretty soon. When, <laughs> um. I think the next thing we talk about is okay. TCU finishes thirteen and two. Mm-hmm. How much does this diminish their season? I heard Dugan on the podium last night, Max. Yeah, talking about how this doesn't take away from what we've done. Now, I I respect that, 
But I'm afraid it does take away from what I, they've I, done. I think it does. I think it looks. I think you maybe you view the view the Big Twelve differently. Also, let's talk about that on the other end. As well as I, I kind of want to get into what does this make Ohio State look like? Let's do that on the other end. Perfect. Early break. More college football playoff discussion coming up next. 402-464-5685. Honda Lincoln Hotline. Starter Heyman text line. Both those open for you guys the rest of the way. We'll be right back on the ticket.